This is Evan Vandenberg with Wax, and this is Wrecked. Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am Bunchu alongside my esteemed colleague and co-host, Crypto Chamber. Chamber, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Um, this is the second time I've talked to you today. Long time no talk. This I is our know. second podcast of the day. <laughs> people won't know that by the time they listen to this, but it is our second podcast of the day. Some people might say it's too much chamber for one day for an individual. Not and- me. <laughs> I would never say that. Uh, a lot of people would, so I'm glad to hear you won't. Like uh, you, most people, including your mother, your father. Literally everybody I know. Um, yeah, uh, my wife, my kids, everybody. Uh, so thank you for chatting with me again. Uh, but uh, more importantly, we have we have somebody here. Um, somebody that's not us. That's not us. That's <laughs> going to provide some benefit to you actually listening today, uh, which is which is a nice turn for a change. Yes, absolutely. So we are actually recurring guests now, two-time appearance on the Wrecked Podcast, Evan Vandenberg from Wax. Evan, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, guys. Nice to be back with you. Absolutely. We, we I'm, What was the, when was that? When, when did we do that? Uh, February? Yeah, I think we're actually for this announcement when we yes. announced we were going to do this. And so now here we are with it actually live. Wow. So, yeah, so we've gotten now from announcement to uh, live product here. So let's remind everybody what we are talking about. So, uh, Evan, you are with Wax. Let's just do a quick recap of what Wax is for any new listeners that may not have heard the first episode or anybody just new to crypto and Wax in general. Uh, Remind them what Wax is, how it works, all that kind of stuff, and what you do specifically for them. Sure. Yeah. So Wax is, you know, Wax is, in my mind, is kind of the most convenient um, and user-friendly way to operate and own a blockchain game. Um, And maybe that's the wrong way of putting it, but, you know, we're a blockchain that uses delegated proof of stake, very similar to EOSIO, um, got extremely fast transactions, um, and we've really kind of been the blockchain that focus on user convenience. And I think that's shown in the wallet, which I think we went through last time, but really trying to get gaming on blockchain to mass adoption. So gaming on blockchain, how, you know, for anybody who is out there thinking, you know, how, how does gaming on the blockchain even work? Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's important to note that it's not a panacea. Um, it's really not. And, uh, you know, the gaming industry is actually doing unbelievably well. And so any sort of like disruption to that industry is tough. But I think really the core components of blockchain that are interesting for gaming are the true, you know, I hate the word true ownership, but ownership of your in-game items. Uh, I think there's a lot you can do with in-game economies that are unique to blockchain or certainly enhanced by blockchain. Um, so those those two. And then I think there's some, some unique abilities to do, you know, in the case of something that is 
requiring provable fairness, right? Like, you know, I, I hate to use the gambling example, but anything like any sort of game result that's required to be verifiably, you know, real and random, um, you know, blockchain does provide a unique uh, capability in that sense. That's interesting. I actually use uh, random.org for a lot of stuff that I do on a, a side project. I've actually never even thought about using like a blockchain. There's got to be a blockchain randomizer that I could use, right? Yeah, we've got one on chains. We have a, a random number generator, uh, Oracle, or, uh, not Oracle, <laughs> a random number generator on chain. So it's really nice. I mean, you can actually print out, it's, you know, it'll spit out a digit between 0 and 10 or don't quote me there, uh, zero nine. But uh, yeah, basically you can go through and you can make sure that all the numbers are coming out at basically exactly you know ten percent each. Um, and yeah, it's on chain, so it's all verifiable, auditable, and that's something you know we built as a microservice. That's cool. All right, maybe I'll I'll have to use that instead now. <laughs> yeah, it depends what you're using it for, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We're doing, uh, we basically have to run uh, random, basically kind of like a giveaway. Yeah, so it would be super easy. But anyway, uh, blockchain uh, as gaming is is pretty interesting. And that kind of leads to, uh, you know, what they say is just, you know, not your keys, not your skins, right, Chamber? That's what they say. That's what they say. I don't know what that means, but... Uh, like, not your gaming what... skins, you know, the true ownership aspect of it, right? So, right. Um, we we've firsthand you know uh, dealt with that pretty significantly with steam you know it's uh one of those situations where any major gaming company can come step in and decide hey like this isn't allowed anymore or you can't do this or you can't do that or this thing's deprecated you know in the case of even physical stuff like magic the gathering i know they constantly deprecate cards and basically ban them from you know official play and things of that nature that that's that's kind of annoying i mean you still have ownership but uh there's some aspects to it so then let's get into a little bit here of uh, what you've launched today. So last time we um, spoke, you guys were announcing that you had this uh, new partnership with Tops. Uh, obviously, for those of you who don't know, Tops obviously a huge uh, manufacturer and, and maker of games and toys and collectibles and all of that kind of stuff. Cards, uh, trading cards, huge into uh, sports cards, things like that. Also, you know, uh, other gaming cards, specifically in this scenario, Garbage Pail Kids. So um, talk about what the process of you know again getting involved with tops was and what their idea was that uh had you guys working with them yeah so uh you know i i kicked this whole thing off by saying we're the platform for gaming i probably should have extended that to kind of anything gaming entertainment collectible ip um <laughs> to encompass at least what we're going to talk about today so yeah, Tops is uh, you know an iconic company in terms of uh, collectibles, baseball cards. They're extremely well known for that. They also actually fully outright own the GPK uh, IP, and so uh, that made it a little bit easier to do that. But to answer your initial question, kind of how we got into you know business with with Tops, uh, it, it was a long process. I think it was a long you know courtship and, and vetting process. A lot of hurdles had to be jumped through, uh, and a lot of things had to be made on the fly. Uh, you know, we're, a lot of this is broaching new ground. I mean, taking valuable known IP and putting it on a blockchain is not a easy task. Uh, I think from all ends, I think it's. You know, the, the, the IP license holder itself, it's pretty scary to put, you know, an object, an immutable, an immutable object out there in the, uh, you know, ecosphere uh, where you have very little control over it. 
and you know making sure that there's something in it for them um, you know we have different IP licensing technologies and infrastructure that we've built specific to this uh, this launch that I think we're going to extend into all sorts of different IP but you know tops is really a great partner in terms of working with us being patient and we kind of got through this together uh, and now you know today we've kicked off the first series of garbage pail nfts uh, garbage pail kids nfts that's pretty cool so explain to explain to people what an nft is how it works and everything like that yeah so uh, a non-fungible token is what nft stands for and, and realistically what that is is a unique line item in a database at its core but in terms of blockchain and, and probably you know more layman terms is it's a unique object that you own so in your wallet it is it is yours it is a unique every single one is one of a kind uh whether or not there's similar ones or ones with you know the exact same artwork every single one is non-fungible which means it's not a duplicate it's a unique asset uh, that is unique to you uh, or to the to the owner and the cool thing about nfts on blockchains is you get a bunch of different capabilities, uh, all sorts of uh, computational functionality inside the NFT. So you can actually perform calculations. You can do things computing-wise inside of these NFTs, uh, you know, pull data, uh, perform all sorts of different functions. And then also you get this whole transaction history. So you know every, you know, the providence of the item, where it came from. And then you also get this entire transaction history of all the owners of it. Uh, so you can see where there's some interesting use cases there, certainly as it pertains to tops, um, you know, with a lot of the celebrities and athletes that they work with. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, Chamber, you, what do you think about NFTs? I like the idea. Uh, I need to collect more things. So I, I like the idea of, um, of the NFT. But like, I, I like I like garbage field kids a lot too. So is is there a way to get <laughs> is there a way to get like a, a hard copy and um and and kind of an uh, like on chain version of this or is that a, is that an option yet? Let's be fair; these are uh, based on the series one garbage field kids. Okay, release. all right. There is a physical version of these. However, we didn't really uh, integrate that that type of solution, that kind of physical digital blend uh, on this launch. I think it's certainly something that's you know up for debate going forward. Because I know we've we've talked about uh, that in the past with some of the other cards. I believe uh, maybe some of the sports cards and stuff, where the idea would be maybe having a, a hard, like a hard copy version and your on chain version. Correct. Correct. That's what that's what Panini did with uh, their that's blockchain. Right. That's right. That's what that's what they did. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> they did a very simplistic version of that, and I, you know, incredibly, they did a ton of volume, uh, which you know, in terms of dollars, is yeah, we were where, when it, when we were on last time, it was like just coming out, right? I believe, and we weren't even sure how much the cards were actually going for. So now, uh, I think you've seen like the full on release of what they've gone for, and they surprisingly went for quite a bit per right yeah it was like really really impressive numbers i think you know i think that gave all of us a little uh <laughs> got a little fire under our uh under our butts to get this thing going with garbage pill kids and to see you know what we could do with a fully digital and you know potentially down the, the line a hybrid digital physical uh offering so it's been really interesting just in the last four hours uh, of launching this. Uh, you know, we've already sold more than half of our mega packs. So really? I, I'm really hoping that we could even do a sub 24 hour sellout, which would be awesome. 
So there's, to, to be clear, no, there's no gamification in the traditional sense. It's not like this is a collectible or, you know, a CCG type game like Hearthstone or something like that. Uh, it is really a collectible series. And I mean, again, with NFTs and blockchain, the NFTs are out there. Somebody could go build a game. I'm not sure exactly what that would look like, but in theory they could. However, we did not, uh, we did not build a game uh, for our quote-unquote DAP, um, really our application that we're launching this on, I think what we really wanted to capture, guys, was take what everybody loves about trading and collecting physical cards, you know, the rarity, the kind of collectability, the excitement of opening up a pack and not knowing what you're going to get, and being able to complete and, and you know complete sets and find different characters that you like, um, and really trying to show people that everything that can be done in the physical world can seamlessly be done in blockchain as well uh, with some unique enhancements. Uh, the provable rarity, you know, is huge. You know, it, the sports cards makers have made the mistake of overprinting many, many times, right? There's right. the whole junk card era. Um, so I think this is a really unique way of, of having a provably rare system for cards. Like the second that this 110th card gets sold on this, uh, on this release, there'll never be another series one, Tops GPK blockchain card ever made. Yeah. So I, I, I got a quick question. Uh, obviously, last time we were chatting, we were talking about sports cards. Now we're talking about garbage pail kids, which was a. a I, I I just missed the garbage pail kids collect. You know, I think it. Happened. Yeah, I think I did too. Just just too. missed it. Um, but what else could you know theoretically? Obviously, without revealing, you know, any uh, anything that you guys got cooking in the uh, in the kitchen. But what other you know, collectibles. Like I, I was thinking off the top of my head, like uh, maybe like magazine covers. Like uh, I was thinking, like like Playboys, like Playboy covers over over the years. <laughs> Just yeah, Playboy covers would be interesting. Like uh, maybe Sports Illustrated covers, Time Magazine, um, something that you you know ne not necessarily uh, could you know maybe would come with a, a a readable version, but the cover I think would be interesting. Something, but I, I'm trying to think what else you could some sort of another collectible that you could theoretically kind of put on chain. I mean, the collectible, the collectible industry is huge, guys. Right. Yeah, it's insane, Chamber. I, like, it's insane. Trading volume, I mean, it's it's big. Um, you know, probably worth closer to a trillion dollars in terms of market cap. Uh, so it's massive. Tons of different verticals. But getting to your point there, I think, you know, magazine covers, comic books, it, it all kind of piles back to this, like, okay, what does the technology actually allow for, right? And I think it's mm. incredible in terms of digital rights management. And I think anything you can apply to that you could do, right? I mean, we're talking about playbook cards. You can do a digital version, a physical version, but this way is a really good way of tracking providence, uh, ownership, and all these things that are actually quite difficult to do in a traditional, you know, client-server relationship, uh, certainly in, in a way that people feel comfortable with the ownership. For sure. So um, working with Tops, then, uh, you know, obviously garbage pill kids is you know one of their big ip products but the you know i think they probably make uh more of their bread and butter in the sports cards do you see them uh you know working with you guys in the future towards a sports driven uh type of uh, similar thing that you're doing here absolutely i mean that would, that's the goal uh i think baseball cards on the blockchain is like a dream come true for for me and i know we kind of talked about this with you guys and yeah and we just recently partnered and we're integrating now or very shortly we'll be integrating Chainlink, which basically brings off-chain data on chain so uh it's basically an oracle system if you're familiar with that term but for lack of a better 
you know, explanation. I think it's really just a way to pull reliable data on chain and, and sports results and stats and things of that nature is going to be a part of that at some point. And I would love to see a world where we can do really unique, you know, um, what's the right word for it, but evolutions of cards and upgrades of cards based on player performance and team performance. Uh, you know, I can take some of the great parts of fantasy and some of the great parts of collecting and, and find a way to mesh those. I mean, that to me is like a that's real holy grail. Yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, I didn't realize that, I, I guess I didn't realize that's kind of what uh, Chainlink would allow as well. Um, so they can kind of take you know, off-chain data and, and mesh it with what you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean, for anything, right? I mean, I think the primary, primary use case right now has been DeFi. So people are like, well, why is it important to be able to pull off-chain data and put it on-chain? Well, it's, it's more about the reliability factor. And everything they're doing, they're pulling them from trusted sources that they audit, you know, X amount of times a year, and that uptime is XYZ. And so you know that you're getting reliable information. Uh, there's nothing that's you know would need that more than for you know for instance an exchange, right? You need to have accurate pricing information, and so they can extend that kind of same core competency to certainly to sports, right? I mean that's that's a no-brainer. I mean you got a lot of really high-quality sources there. Uh, they'll certainly be able to do that, but it allows everything to stay decentralized and stay on-chain, and you don't have to be relying on an outside source of information. Theoretically, because they have 40 or 50 that they always rely on. So you would, it's not perfect decentralization, but it's about as close as we're ever going to get. How do you see, um, you know, uh, just people, are, are you seeing people that are normal collectors, like physical collectors? How do you see that meshing with something like an NFT? Uh, how do you, you know, are you seeing people making that switch uh, or getting involved? Or is it mostly just people who are kind of already here that are you know on the front line of that peaking interest um obviously i would think it's going to be a, a slow adoption for you know your normal physical collector to get involved but are, are you seeing some of that now and uh what do you think are the biggest hurdles to that in the future that's a super good question and i will get back to you guys with real data but i can give you my my perspective on it i think realistically you know if we look historically through kind of the nft evolution the biggest success story is obviously crypto kitties um and i think it kind of still goes back to even with crypto kitties it's primarily still the guys who are messing around with crypto right um and they're very familiar with the crypto ins and outs they own ethereum uh so it's a bit of a maybe they're physical collectors but i you know i would say a small subset are and so i think we've been fighting this battle of recycling those same 10 12,000 people who consistently buy we'll call them ethereum based nfts for different games and what we're trying to do here is take an ip that didn't come out of thin air uh in ethereum and bring something that was physically collected to try to really entice that audience and to show them that there is this whole kind of technology out there that that does a lot of the things that they love to do in a really efficient and safe uh manner so i think the the hurdles have been massively around ip in my mind uh i think that and then the onboarding process right is just such a pain in the ass when you look at traditional metamask and private key storage and all that stuff and i think with the wax cloud wallet and especially the second iteration that's coming out in the next you know we'll call it month um that onboarding flow combined with 
real IP, I think, is going to be our our best bet on 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 how to bridge the gap. So, how does the cloud wallet differ from you know something like MetaMask, making it easier to uh, use for something you know like this for somebody new? Sure. Yeah. So I, I kind of look at it as like the the gateway drug. Um, you know, it, it's uh, social logins, email, password, two factor auth. So things people are familiar with. We have a you know a, a really awesome system of managing private keys for people who don't want to manage their own. So there's that, and then we also stake resources on behalf of our users. So you can actually transact without ever owning crypto. So I think those are kind of the keys for us, right? Is we want to get the normal you know Joe down the street into a game playing and not even realize he's playing on blockchain, right? right it has right. nothing to do with blockchain. And then introduce the concept later down the, the, we'll call it the pipeline, right? Where, hey, now we're interested. Things are, you know, this is cool. I'm willing to dive in a little bit more because I, you know, I've heard this quoted and I've, and I've heard this in conversation, but MetaMask is like a 98%, uh, what's the right word? Uh, basically, the, the user acquisition flow dies uh, at MetaMask, right? You only get 2% conversion uh, once you hit that step. And I think it's primarily driven by what the hell is this, right? It's, and it's, it's difficult to use, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. And you have to own crypto. I mean, right? If you're going to send like people stuff on Ethereum, you have to have Ethereum and pay gas fees, right? To transfer right, those right, items. Right. And so we don't have that in EOSIO, which is great. I mean, you have resources, right? You got CPU, net RAM, uh, but in the case of our users, we actually stake on their behalf uh, if they're using our cloud wallet so that they can get started. And uh, yeah. Cool. That's uh, that's interesting. So let's uh, let's just chat a little bit more about the actual um, you know offering that is available now that you guys just launched. So um, how would so you know what is it? What's available? How do people get it? Yeah. So. Uh, you go to topsgpk.io, and what you can do is you can buy a pack. Uh, there's two types of packs. There's a mega pack and a standard pack. Uh, price points are $4.99 for the five-card pack and $24.99 for the 30-card pack. Uh, surprisingly, the 30-card packs have been selling at a higher rate than the smaller packs. Um, you know that, that That's intriguing to me. Uh, we've seen well over 50% of those are already gone. That's interesting. Yeah. So you basically go to the site. We've got, you know, some explainers. Why is blockchain? Why is Tops doing this? And why is blockchain interesting? Uh, the cards have different rarities, uh, some really cool kind of graphics and stuff that are integrated into the cards. I don't know if you're on the site or not, but yeah. uh, this is obviously a podcast, but, you know, we're using some pretty cool graphics. There's one that's called a sketch card where it literally is like the sketch of the design for the card and it kind of slowly gifts up into a fully uh, animated card uh, they're all kind of three-dimensional if you hover over them they've got this cool 3d feel you can flip them over yeah, and see the backside yeah that's cool and uh yeah so there's that uh all of them have a very provable rarity and one of the i think intelligent things that we did in this was we didn't mint the cards prior to somebody purchasing a pack um one of the main reasons around that is like and just to be clear instead of minting them ahead of time right so instead of just creating the 110,000 cards what we did is we put a very strict uh statistical like rarity on the card so every card is actually generated on the fly um the reason for this is we didn't want the guy buying the last pack 
to be discouraged because all the good cards were taken, right? So you have just as good of a chance of getting a good card, opening the last pack as you do at the first, uh, without losing that quality of finite rarity. Um, with the standard deviation, right, there's going to be some cards that have, you know, two, three, or four maybe, you know, on the, on the high, like, crazy end. Super interesting. I'm looking through it right now. Yeah, Chamber, me too. Are you on the site? <laughs> I mean, my, my personal favorite, I mean, you, you can tell it's from the 80s because you have a oh, child. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one's Boozing Bruce. Oh, I thought uh, you were going with Nervous Rex, who's chain smoking and, <laughs> and drinking coffee. <laughs> they're, they're all fairly uh, of a time, but uh, yeah. I I like uh, I like Frying Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, Booze and Bruce, Adam Bomb. I mean, these are uh, these are pretty good. So how ma- how many total cards are there? So there is, I believe, eighty two unique cards. So they have an A and B for every card. That's just part of how Garbage Pail Kids is operated. From you know, it's it's get right, I see like thirty five A, right? Okay. Yeah. So you'll have like thirty five A and thirty five B, and they'll be the same aesthetic. But different names and different, you know, potentially different features. So they basically are the same card with different names, um, and that's the A and B concept. And then you've got you know additional layer built on top of that, which is its actual rarity, uh, which determines its odds of being minted in the smart contract. Uh, one other thing to just note for you guys is we actually were able to work with a third, you know, with a payment processing company, a public company called Currency Works, and we were able to get a Stripe integration. This is a big step. Uh, people probably don't know this, but getting a payment processor to do NFTs is extremely difficult. I would imagine that would be very difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not simple. And to get Stripe, which I think is the best in class uh, to do it, and really, really simple user flow was a massive step for the space. So I think everyone should see that as a win, uh, regardless of chain, regardless of product. I think them just seeing that this works uh, is going to be a really big win. That's pretty cool. So uh, then from here, you buy a pack, right? You get your cards. You have, uh, you know, random cards with uh, different, uh, you know, rarities and all that stuff. Then what do you do with them? Is there, I'm I'm looking on here, I see a trade. I see a community. Um, Is there, is is that type of, uh, you know, like a marketplace where people can, you know, buy, sell, trade, all that kind of stuff? So yes and no. So, so to go through it, yeah, so you get your cards, right? There's kind of a cool uh, pack opening animation. You actually get to like kind of like swipe through your cards and see which ones you get. And then you click go to inventory and your cards will show in your inventory, which is really just an abstraction of showing what's in your wallet, um, which is really nice. So you only get to, you know, we only show the relevant content. And yeah, so once you have your cards, you can do, you know, all sorts of things. There's really easy to share social buttons on here so you can kind of like showcase your inventory or you can trade with other people and there's a community that shows live opening packs you can find other active community members and you have a whole trade interface built into the platform um it's really easy to use i mean if you guys want to check it out uh you basically just select the cards you're willing to give up and you ask for the cards you want to return it's very similar to what happens on a playground right um so that functions all built for you can send in a message with it as well uh so that part's interesting then getting to your other point about buy selling and trading that's clearly the evolution here right is that's where we want to go um in just in, for the sake of time it wasn't able to be fully agreed to and implemented for this uh for this launch but a marketplace an integrated marketplace with fiat and crypto on and off ramps 
I mean, that to me is just going to be a really, really wild ride. Um, I think that's really what people have been looking for is like a trusted, easy to use kind of place to buy, sell and trade these assets. Sure. Um, you know, trading and bartering is cool. Don't get me wrong. I just think that the real market is in selling. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I, I keep drawing from sports cards and the amount of like flipper culture that has uh, like emerged from sports cards lately, right, is huge, right? So people are buying things to try to get the best version they can and then sell it for profit, right? Or, or, you know, or to sell it for profit so they could buy something for their personal collection, right? So um, I definitely see that being an attractive piece of this uh, down, down the road, right? Where if I can pull a, you know, of five uh, booze and Brian, uh, all of a sudden, oh man, I, that's a gold mine. I can go get, you know, 10 chili millies for that. You know what I mean? So that, that's what I like. So I, I, I think that would be attractive to people, right? Is that, that, so that's the goal, huh? So, well, I mean, to be fair, right? So when I said yes and no, yeah, you can actually do it today. You just can't do it on this application. So got it. again, okay. the beauty of blockchain is you own this shit, right? Like at the end of the day, man, like this is yours. And there are healthy secondary markets where you can go trade and sell these things. So how is there a secondary market already for this? Even though it Yeah, we've got like multiple today? that are integrated with Wax. So uh, interesting. Yeah, so you can go list them for sale and you know, uh, right now I think it's only cryptocurrency, but I will tell you later this week that one of those secondary markets is gonna be adding some pretty unique features, I think in line with what we're all thinking here. Um, I think they were hoping to get it done by today, but it looks like that's gonna be a Wednesday, Thursday thing, and I think we'll learn a lot from that. That's pretty interesting. Chamber, what do you think about that? That is very exciting. I mean, I'm already, I'm, I'm involved. Like I'm getting some of these. Um, I've, I've, ever since I've been into crypto, I love the idea of, of you know these kind of things on blockchain uh participated in some that have uh, succeeded i've participated in most that have failed uh this is obviously the biggest uh venture that i've seen obviously wax top or you know we've we've dealt with tops in the past um like these are big companies uh, obviously this is well planned out uh so i am very emotionally invested already i've been just perusing all these different cards um so i can't wait to get me a pack and uh and trade some um but i like the idea of trading um you know if i get too many corroded carls um i want to trade one you know for a tv stevie you know what i'm saying that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm talking about you may get duplicates and you, right. you know i'm excited you, this is exciting might get, oh there's there's virus iris <laughs> that's that's very relevant right now <laughs> absolutely i mean that's probably the one um you know, we could have uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, Corona, I mean. Corona Carol. Oh, uh, <laughs> wait, there's no, here's the, the A and B, Virus Iris and Sicky Vicky. Sicky Vicky. Oh, <laughs> they did just release a Corona set. I really want, I, I mean, we got to launch that on here soon. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, I mean, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. Like I would, uh, I imagine baseball cards would just go nuts on this and stuff like this where you know people are basically just 
buying and flipping and trading and selling and like that's what my facebook feed is at the moment it's literally i'm in 35 groups of you know buy sell trade groups all (laughs) all the time so i could definitely see those two worlds merging right um and i think what's what's cool about the potential of this as well as you said with like the non-fungible tokens and stuff you know, part of the trading and selling these collectibles and cards now, it's hard to track historic price movements or who owned it in the past or, you know, maybe how many owners it even had. And, uh, you know, you're looking at things like eBay sold listings to, to get a gauge of that. But if you can see just in a click of a button, every uh, transaction that this card has ever had, I mean, I think that's pretty powerful, no? I, I mean, I agree. I think especially when you get into sports, right? Because GPK, there are definitely some influencers, don't get me wrong, but I mean, not on the magnitude of, you know, a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card or something, and Ken Griffey sure. Jr. owned that thing, right? I mean, like, all of a sudden, that value goes through the roof. Um, I think there's a lot of cool things that can be done there. Yeah, very cool. I really, really, really want to see that in the near future. Uh, COVID's not really helping my cause, but uh, <laughs> I <didn't> you know. <laughs> um, so yeah. So are we gonna are we gonna do a little giveaway here for some of our our folks? Is that what we're gonna be able to do? It, forgive my ignorance here, but I, I, if you uh, when you post this, yeah, I'll give you guys a you know a bunch of these packs, and uh, you know you can drop them on Twitter. I don't know what your best medium is: YouTube, Twitter. Well. Uh, well, Chamber, uh, Chamber got us uh, suspended from Twitter for the time being. So. Funny story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was very accidental. It was, uh, no, yeah, it was a, more of a more of a clerical error. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't as normally. I say things that should get me suspended uh, from Twitter, uh, but that that wasn't the case. Um, I I just uh, fat fingered a, a date on our, uh, our our rec podcast birthday, and it actually got us suspended imme- like instantly. Um, so yeah, um, I'm still working it out with Twitter right now, but we can absolutely use uh, mine and Bunchu's uh, Twitter uh, to help promote this. Uh, that's what we've been doing in the meantime. Yeah. Plus, uh, I I can see these you know getting into our. Our, our telegram group exactly uh, our telegram group's pretty big for this as well so i think yeah, i think that'll be a good, be fun. good <laughs> well hey man as long as you guys send me a, a list of you know 10 uh 10 wax account names just their public facing address i'll uh i'll be santa claus and drop those in their accounts Beautiful. oh man i'm hoping for an iris a virus iris <laughs> <laughs> gotta get one absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's awesome uh any other questions from you uh chamber over there uh not from me i i'm just excited i, I i'm uh i'm very excited about this i think our listeners are going to be very excited about uh getting a pack of their very own um and i hope i get a virus iris so <laughs> that i can take you to the cleaners for it you're uh, <laughs> Uh, you're, I, I think you're more of a, uh, melty Melissa type. <laughs> melty Melissa. I, I agree. I think that one is a good one. Uh, awesome. Evan, man, th- this is, so anything else that you want to touch on, uh, before we, um, wrap up that we might've missed, we've got the, the website here, tops G, uh, GPK for garbage pail kids dot IO. 
and that's the website so everybody can go there and create an account for the tops garbage pail kids but they do need to have already set up a wax uh wax cloud wallet account is that correct yeah or they can just set one up with social login pretty quickly uh try to try to reduce the friction there so uh, uh, the cool. only thing I forgot to mention is we're actually doing this like Willy Wonka ch- uh, golden ticket giveaway. Um, oh, sweet for this uh, for this particular launch, we're going to give away a hundred gold cards. So nice. there'll be one. I think it's one of each, and then a couple new ones. Um, and they're all gold plated. They look sick. Um, and so those are going to be randomly given out uh, as soon as this pack sells out, and we'll give them out to, uh, to or the series sells out, and we'll just basically take all the people who purchase one pack or more. And you are automatically entered into the raffle, and we will notify you via email or whatever social you gave us, and we will mint you a gold rare. That's uh, that's pretty awesome, actually, because so I've been following the Tops Project 2020 release for the baseball cards that they're doing, and what that is is uh, for anyone who doesn't know is they're taking essentially. 20 artists and doing each artist is doing a rendering of 20 iconic uh baseball rookie cards so like mike trout ken griffey jr roberto clemente all that and uh they are actually doing they do the same thing over there where each one releases for 48 hours and as many are bought that's the print run right so none no more of them will ever be made and then randomly there's a gold one of one that like a gold bordered one that they put in and i'll tell you what like some of these cards are are worth a lot and then if you get that gold one of one they're selling i mean one of the mike trout's gold one of ones went for like 10 grand insane 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 <laughs> so and that might be a good investment crazy enough right i mean you hold that thing for three four oh, absolutely. years absolutely knows absolutely i've been buying pretty much every one and the the mike trout one the fourth one that was released because not a lot of people were onto the project yet you could have bought it for 20 bucks just 20 bucks from tops it's uh the most recent sales were over 500 dollars for this thing whoa yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, and you know like you, you just people you could buy it for 20 bucks that was it and now it is scarce because people are as, as there was only 2900 of them made and people are jumping in on the the project and getting involved and they want to collect the whole set and well guess what now there's only so many uh trout number four cards and that's uh now a 600 dollars card <laughs> So it so the gold one of one uh, virus uh, virus iris I'm coming for you, <laughs> uh, but yeah that's uh, that's cool so um, check it out we'll be doing the giveaway we'll let's get uh, let's get ten people at least to go get uh, a wax facing account so we can get some packs do some little wrecked trading um, and, and see what we can do what else you got chamber anything well. Since we were talking about garbage pail kids today, I thought we could have a little fun here towards the end. We don't want to. We don't want to take up too much of Evan's time. But um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. But did, did you know they made a uh, garbage pail kids movie? Um, I, I, <laughs> I I have heard of it. I will be honest. I have not seen it, but I have heard of this. There's tons of games. They got a lot of memorabilia and fan fanfare. Right. So. Uh, the Garbage Pail Kid movie is notoriously one of the worst movies of all time. Um, I don't know if, if you ever, if you got to look it up, but they're using like, um, almost like, it almost looks like claymation puppets, uh, but it's not, cl- like they're, they're real weird. They almost look like the, um, 
remember the uh, California raisins of like the 80s and early 90s? That has that kind of look to them. But I feel we should, um, in, in, in the spirits of worst movies of all time, I pulled up a list of the 10 worst movies of all time. And I just want to maybe go over that, read it over with you two, and see how many of the 10 you guys have watched. You guys want to do that? Okay. So this is uh, one for sure. Um, and I'm going to defend it to the death. Um, a lot of superhero movies, um, believe it or not. I am not a fan of all these superhero movies being made for clearly just for money. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so we'll start with number 10. This is from uh, RiffTracks.com. I'll post the link in the, uh, in the show notes. Uh, so number 10 is Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Um, this is, I don't know if this is the third one, but the tagline or the, the comment here is where to begin the dog humping scenes alone set dogs humping and humanity back 50 years, but at least they stayed classy, uh, or at least they classed up the movie by throwing in a pair of robot testicles. Uh, so I don't know if you guys, are you guys transformer fans? Have you seen this movie? I, I haven't. I don't even think I've seen it. Maybe it seems like something I would have caught on on tv or something after the fact but i definitely didn't go to see it in the theaters have you seen a bunch have you seen the new or the transformers revenge of the fallen with the robot testicles (laughs) no no No? (laughs) i I have not okay so you put that on your list um number nine um coming to number nine we have son of the mask uh, this is <laughs> this is the the uh, the uh, sequel to the Jim Carrey The Mask movie, but unfortunately Jim Carrey wasn't available for this movie, and they had to replace him with Jamie Kennedy, who is the son of The Mask. Yeah, Malibu's yeah. most wanted, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fun fact: I saw that guy on an airplane once. He was with Jennifer Love Hewitt. We were going to Cabo for spring break when I was in college, and he's actually really tall. He's like six six or something. Holy oh, really? God, really? Yeah, he's a big guy. Um, but uh, anyways, that is, a, that is a tragedy. I actually really like the mask. Yeah. The original it, mask, yeah. The original mask was smoking. It was smoking. <laughs> Somebody stop him. Um, <laughs> so, nice. so I haven't seen this one either, so maybe we put that one on the list as well. Uh, coming in at number eight, um, I, take, I take a little... Uh, I, I take this one to heart a little bit. Uh, this is Jack and Jill. Uh, Adam Sandler plays jack adam sandler also plays his sister jill what could possibly go wrong besides everything sandler portrays a very successful well-adjusted man who's a whose twin sister himself in a wig is a horrible inhuman shrew with a voice that can strip industrial paint um have you guys seen jack and jill the movie uh, no but i'm looking at the rotten tomatoes reviews man they got three percent Listen, I'm an I'm an Adam Sandler apologist. So this I, is one Adam Sandler movie so far. I love some good old Adam Sandler. I mean, Waterboy, Happy Gilmore. I mean, yeah. Happy Gilmore is an all time classic for me and in, in my generation for sure. Of course. Of course. Well, I mean, Waterboy too. I remember watching Waterboy uh, in the theaters, and I was dying. It was really so good. Yeah. So I would argue that this is as good as the Waterboy. 
Uh, Jack and Jill? I, yeah, I got. I mean, I don't put Waterboy on that high of a pedestal. Like, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, they're they're on another level. Uh, but Jack and Jill was a very, in my opinion, very watchable Adam Sandler. Oh my god! I, so, I like right. this one. I like this one. So uh, that one, I, that one, I I I, I like. Uh, I have watched it, and I recommend Adam Sandler fans to watch it as well. Um, number seven, I have Battlefield Earth. Um, so Battlefield Earth. I don't know if you're familiar with this. This is a um, this is a movie based on a novel by L. Ron Hubbard, uh, who who is the uh, the the guru, if you will, um, of the. Uh, are we calling it a cult? Uh, I don't know if they like to be called a cult, but they're the Scientology religion. We're going to get kicked uh, off YouTube, man. Yeah, I guess. Are, are they run by Scientology? I feel and Scientology. I live, and I live in L.A., so I might actually. Yeah, you're definitely done. Um, so I apologize. Uh, but Battlefield Earth uh, should have won an Oscar. Um, have you ever seen Battlefield Earth? <laughs> Have you read the book? Yeah, so I just uh, I had to like just check out. I've definitely seen this movie. Uh, I was way young when I saw this, and I'm sure I thought it was cool at the time, having no concept of L. Ron Hubbard and all of the you know kookiness that goes along with it. I mean, I was probably what uh, 10, 11 years old then. So yeah, I probably thought it was cool, but I definitely remember this this phase very vividly. So I can't tell you much about it, but I definitely saw it. What about you, bunch? You uh, I have you s- not seen. I have, so I'm I'm all for three on these worst movies of all, all time. All right, okay. I think you've seen this one, bunch. I'm gonna go on a limb here. Uh, this is again one of the movies that, that got shredded um, by the uh, by the critics. I'm a big fan of it as well. Uh, this is Super Mario Brothers the movie. Uh, this is from I want to say like 1991. Um, a lot I feel of people- like I've seen this, but I don't know. Ooh. So good, uh, Dennis Hopper, John Leguizamo. Uh, I mean, very. It, it, it was interesting. It was it definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. I feel like I have seen it. I feel like I have, but I I cannot like I'm I'm having you know some uh, some memories of it as you're talking about it, but I cannot confirm. For okay, sure. well you got to go back and watch this. Evan, have you seen this one? Yeah, I've seen the original, the, the Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers actual movie where it's live action. Guy. I mean, I couldn't remember the actors' names, but... Yeah, what were your thoughts? I mean, I remember that movie, and again, I was younger. I mean, the idea that that's in the top ten worst, like, that doesn't seem... I agree. I don't I think agree. that's top ten worst. I mean, I can't really speak for the other three but that seems like i could find a lot a lot worse i went to the theaters to see this like i feel like we're probably close to the same age uh i was born in the uh early 80s uh and this was right in my wheelhouse i I believe i went to the theater to see this one uh so i yeah i I agree with you i think it's it's a little i i could think of way more movies that should be on the on this list um so i'll move on to number five here we got the last airbender this is um i don't know if you're familiar if you're familiar with the movies of m night Shyamalan, but uh, m night Shyamalan obviously came out of the gate hot with you know six cents signs uh and then slowly took a nosedive in his career and the really the the apex of this nosedive was the last airbender i am a big fan of his i have not seen this movie uh thank goodness he has kind of rekindled his uh his his career with the likes of uh of split and uh Michael and glass yeah, I I liked Split in Glass. I I really liked Split. I saw it on an airplane. I was on a long I flight, and that was too. a great airplane movie. 
he did uh he did that one with bruce willis too right right uh, yeah six sense. Un, uh un, untouched not untouched, unbreakable what was it? didn't he do Unbre- it six sense as well yeah he did yeah, six sense absolutely yeah i mean that was a great movie so this was yeah this was this was the bottom of his career i would say it was Should the last I see time. the first airbender for uh no you have to watch the last one first okay, and then okay. Then watch the first. I think that's how it works. It's that Shyamalan twist. Yo, you know man. how he does it. Michael Knight Shyamalan. M- Michael Knight Shyamalan, indeed. Um, so I'm gonna go through these last uh, these last four real qu- uh, the next three real quick because it is a it's it's three superhero movies in a row. Just let me know if you've seen any of these. Coming in at number four is Spider Man Three. Coming in at number three is Catwoman, and coming in at number two is Batman and Robin. Uh, do we take uh, are, are, are these affronts to our senses? I have oh. not seen any of those, so I I don't think I've seen any single one of these movies except maybe the Super Mario one. Wow, May, and maybe and offensive maybe. to me is the Spider Man three. Now that I just had to like I had to remember which one it was. This is the one with Venom in it. I don't know if you guys saw the movie Venom with Tom Hardy. I literally almost left the theater. I thought it was a really? joke. Wow. I, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen the Tom Hardy Venom. I thought it was good. And I like and I like Tom Hardy. I think he's done some yeah. awesome stuff. I just that one I just take that can't be worse than the actual Venom movie. I don't remember any of the Spider-Man being anywhere near as bad as Venom and I actually paid 20 bucks and went to a theater. Interesting. Um, what about uh, Catwoman or Batman and Robin? Nope. <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin's George Clooney Batman? I believe that's uh, also known as Nipple Batman, uh, where he had the <laughs> nipples uh, out, uh, you know, outlined on his suit, uh, which was very funny. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's George Clooney and uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I also feel Jim Carrey was the Riddler in this one, maybe. Oh, I, I think I have seen that one then. If Jim Carrey wow. was the Riddler, Riddler I've, I've seen, seen that, that one. one. Alicia yeah. Silverstone? I mean... I, it is hard to imagine that that cast produced the all-time worst movie. Well, you had some of those Schwarzenegger lines, like uh, he was miss, uh, you know, say freeze. Uh, but uh, you know, he was uh, oh, he was, say freeze. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's definitely the worst of the Batman movies. But um, yeah, I. I, I I don't know. I don't remember it being all that bad. And to have George Clooney as the worst Batman, I, I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement that uh, Val Kilmer was the worst Batman. Uh, so I think he should be on this list ahead of uh, Batman and Robin. <laughs> was that the last? Was that the top worst movie of all time? No. The t- so the worst coming coming in at number one is um, it says the Twilight Saga. Um, so I don't know if that's all of the Twilights together. The whole saga? The, wow. it, I, I, is there one called Saga? I, I'm assuming this is all of the Twilights. I mean, heard, the worst movie ever. God, I, like they seem like they're going like, look, as a self-respecting man, it's not the worst movie ever, all right? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I, again, on record, have never seen any of them. Wow, I can't, only watching I, the I best. I to see how that would be the worst movie ever. This received uh, over 35,000 votes for the worst, uh, for the worst movie. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, there's also just, that's a lot of built up hatred. That's just mass, mass hatred. I think I have, I have not, I might have to go back and watch. I've never watched twilight myself. Um, but to see how, to see how bad it's performed in this list, uh, it really sparks my curiosity. So I might have to take a peek. 
Oh, my. So that rounds off our top 10. Bunshu, you can go on record and saying you only watch quality programming. Yeah. That's um, you can't say the same thing for Evan and I, but I think people knew that of me, maybe not of Evan. But uh, it's nice to see that you uh, set the bar high for what you're, what you're going to be watching. Only quality cinema. Absolutely. Nothing but the best. That's it. O- only French flicks and <laughs> escargot for me. <laughs> Bowls of escargot, not popcorn. Uh, I'm a refined being. Uh, Evan, what is your worst movie of all time? Man, I know I just talked about, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Venom. God, that was so bad. I, I, maybe I was like in an uh, altered state of mind, but still, I that was awful. Um I mean, there's some pretty weird stuff out there. That's why I was like looking at this list. I mean, there's there's human centipede. I mean, you know, there's some there's some pretty dark, weird shit out there. I'm surprised this is the top ten. Yeah, I mean, Venom was just the worst thing I've seen recently, and probably get a bunch of people complaining that it wasn't that bad. I thought it was horrendous. I, I uh, just couldn't. Chamber, what's what's yours? There was a movie uh, back in the mid '90s with Tom Arnold. I forget who else was in it. I have to I'm gonna look it up right now. It was called. Uh, the Stupids. Oh yeah, I remember that. Movie. Do you remember that? Like, it's it's rare that people remember this one. It was a fucking disaster of a movie. Um, I want to say it was from yeah, nineteen ninety six exactly. Uh, Tom Arnold. Um, it was. Let's see what the IMDb. I'm not on Rotten Tomatoes, but the IMDb rating was uh, a four. So not great, um, but I remember that one just being absolutely awful, and uh, my my family loved watching it. Maybe that's why I don't like my family so much anymore. Uh, <laughs> it might all stem from this. Now pinpointed the reason. This, this is where it happened. It's not almost two hundred episodes, but we twenty four years ago. I hated my my family. Uh, <laughs> Your dad loved Tom Arnold. Loved him. Loved him. So I was mine. Jeez. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Evan, thank you so much for joining us again. Let everybody know one last time uh, where they can find the new Wax and Tops project and uh, all that good stuff, where they can find you as well. Yeah, topsgpk.io. Uh, simple enough. Go there, check it out. Uh, I'll, make, I'll make sure to give you guys some packs to give away um, You know, and, and get the ball rolling here. And then if you want to follow me, it's at Evan underscore Vandenberg, uh, V-A-N-D-E-N-B-E-R-G. You know, you're going to get a little bit of wax spam, but, you know, I try to try to plug some other stuff in there from time to time. You guys were giving me a bunch of shit about that last time I was here. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that. That's good. <laughs> if there's one thing that you took away from our last time together, it was that we ragged on you for your Twitter. Immediately commented hot take. Yeah, it was only because we couldn't find anything to embarrass you by. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad we've bullied you. We've cyber bullied you into some hot takes now. <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're not going to find me doing much on social media, guys. I'm like too too smart for that. It's because you're using your real name. You got to fake it up like us. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I've thought about that. It just seemed like an idiotic move to have my real full name there. That that is. Especially a rare one like that. Evan Quincy Vandenberg. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all right. Well, thank you again, Evan. Everybody go check out the Tops and Wax Project with Garbage Pail Kids. We'll be doing some giveaways here also. Yep, absolutely. And until next time, don't get wrecked. And that is financial advice. (laughs) 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. You can help support us by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and become a wrecked patron by signing up for a monthly tier on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com forward slash wrecked podcast. Don't get wrecked.